Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family just by being here with me listening to this podcast you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true let's do this together Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We are here with Kara from the Infertility Life Coach, and we are TikTok besties. <laughs> I know. Yes. Yeah, so welcome. Thank you, Monica. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yeah. So I love your TikToks. They are not normal TikToks. You're not singing. You're not dancing. No. You're not funny. <laughs> you know, it's not all those kind of normal things that people shy away from doing TikToks because they think they have to be one of those things. Like you've really just shown up as yourself and who you are and what you want to bring to other women. And I love having you in my life now and I'm not even trying to <laughs> conceive but it's that mental awareness that you need reminding every single day. So thank you for doing what you're doing. You're welcome. Yeah, when I joined TikTok earlier this year, I was excited to find you, like somebody in the fertility field kind of doing this this work and I was like, "Oh, good. Here's a space that we can like talk about these things." And you're right. Like I don't dance. I don't really crack jokes. I did sing on TikTok and there is at least one video there of me singing. But nice. um, yeah, it's I kind of love the TikTok platform for that reason is that you can really do whatever you want with it and reach a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. So let's go back. I mean, you have a personal infertility story. So yeah. take us back to the beginning of your journey. Sure. So I, I mean, probably like many people, <laughs> I spent many years trying to not get pregnant and then Think, thinking that, you know, once I made the decision to get pregnant, it was going to be no problem. And like we'd flip the switch and off we'd go. And it didn't really work like that. My husband and I tried to conceive for a year by ourselves, like normal standard is. And then we launched into fertility treatment. And we went, we kind of went back and forth for a long time about like, do we even want to do this? Do we agree with this? Is this something that we're comfortable with? And kind of emotionally struggling with that for a while. And eventually we decided to do it. And we started doing IUIs. And I had really like high hopes. I'm like, okay, like we're doing something. This is going to really work. And the first one didn't work. And then I was like, okay, that's okay. Sometimes it doesn't work. And then we did the second one and the second one didn't work. And I was like, well, this is not at all what I thought was going to happen. And I was really discouraged to go back and do the third one. Ultimately we did. And I did get pregnant from that IUI. And we were like over the moon about it. And uh, we didn't tell anybody. We were just like, this is, this is so exciting. And we're, you know, we're finally here. We've gone through the struggle. We're finally here. And we found out sort of at the second ultrasound of that pregnancy that I had a miscarriage. I had 
experienced a missed miscarriage and like the depths of sadness that that sort of plummeted me into were like this territory I never knew. And so I had been seeing a therapist and kind of working through a lot of my own thoughts and feelings in this process. And that like the missed miscarriage kind of threw me completely in the deep end of like, I don't know what is going to help me want to do this again. Cause I was so terrified of having another miscarriage. Like even if we went back into treatment, like, are we going to have another miscarriage? And so for about a year, I kind of waffled back and forth. Like, do we really want to do this? And ultimately in that time, I, I kept working with my therapist, but I didn't really find the traction or like the motivation I, I needed about like to keep going with the pursuit of motherhood. And so I went on this like epic personal journey, <laughs> like personal growth journey to find like what is going to help me not be scared of this, like to put myself out there to like try again and be okay if it doesn't work and also like be okay if it does. And in that process, I found a life coach and I started working with her. And one of the main differences between therapy and life coaching is therapy is generally and usually past focused where we're like looking at the past, looking at things that have happened in the past and trying to analyze and process them to kind of function in like everyday life now. And in life coaching, you are looking at the future. You're looking at like, who is the person that you're becoming? And that really resonated with me. I was just like, oh, like the person I'm becoming is this person that is going to be a mother, is going to, you know, do all these other things with her life. And, and in order to get to that place, I need to keep pursuing fertility treatment. So we went back and we did a round of IVF and got two embryos from that. And we did a fresh transfer with the first one, which resulted in a chemical pregnancy. And then we did a frozen transfer a couple months later, which didn't result in anything. And so at that point, I wasn't as devastated as I was in the, at the beginning with the missed miscarriage, but I was sort of like, okay, now what? <laughs> like, now what do we do? Yeah. Is this, and this is all unexplained, right? Is this? Yes. Do you have yeah. a reason? Or this is like, your husband's fine, you're fine, they just don't know why. They, so it, kind of in the middle of it, we were working with just as many, like we were just like trying to figure out like, what is the thing? Because we had this perspective of, if we can figure out the thing that's wrong, then maybe we can just get pregnant and not have to do all this fertility stuff. <laughs> So, but it's like, the ultimate goal usually. <laughs> right. But like in some cases and in ours specifically, like our doctors weren't necessarily interested in kind of figuring out the holistic part of it. Yes. They were just like, just do IVF. It's going to work at some point. We'll get through it. And we kind of knew that there, there had to be something else amiss because while we both had some things that were small red flags, nothing was like a major red flag to be like, this is exactly why you can't get pregnant, which yeah. is very frustrating to be like, okay, like it, it should be working and it's not working. After IVF kind of didn't work out for us, I dove more deeply into my own like self-coaching work. And that's when I decided to become a life coach because I realized how much that work had helped me kind of get to that place of like not being completely emotionally devastated that I wasn't pregnant and I wasn't moving on to motherhood in that way at that time. I really wanted to share the tools and the skills that I had learned with other people so that they could kind of have that same experience or at least not have like that huge letdown of, oh my God, this didn't work. 
I don't know what I'm going to do with my life mm-hmm. kind of response. And so I started working much more deeply with a life coach, got certified, started coaching other women and decided like collectively with my husband, I'm like, what would happen if we just tried again? Like if we just went back into fertility treatment and we tried doing it again, like weighing our options. And in the months sort of leading up to us making that decision, we had made so many changes with our lifestyle, with our diet, with our mental health. We worked with a naturopath who was awesome. She worked with both of us independently and we discovered things that like other doctors didn't think to look for or uncover. Like I have the MTHFR gene mutation and the prenatal that I've been taking for five years was actually not doing me any good. And things like that. Once we kind of had the curiosity to pursue, like finding out that stuff, we were able to get some answers and then we were able to make some changes. And after we made those changes and I looked to my husband, Ben, I said, you know, what if we just try to do another IUI? Like what, what if we just try? We have nothing to lose. And so we switched doctors and we ended up talking to, um, to one that you know, just was very receptive. And I remember the meeting with her very distinctly because it was the first meeting I had with a fertility doctor where I didn't cry. I just like went in and I was like, here's everything. Like, here's what we know. Here's what we don't know. Here's what we want to try. Like, I didn't get so emotionally drawn into it that like I was going to be crying in that room. And so she was great. And she uh, kind of laid out a, a plan for us and we planned to do an IUI. And a couple of weeks later, like the timing of that worked out. And that IUI turned out to be our son, who is now almost two, which is crazy to think of that. It was yeah. just a, a very simple decision of speaking with that doctor, deciding to do an IUI, and then everything changed. He's now here. Well, you say simple, but your story was a little long, a little complicated, and you guys put it incredibly hard work and really brave decisions to change things in your life when no one was telling you to. You know, like, I think that's the problem with most fertility issues is that we listen to the specialists and we just do what the specialists say. And mm. we know in our hearts, we're like, no, this isn't right. But we don't have that. I think it's, we're getting there more because obviously people who have been through it, like me and you are now shouting at the rooftop, like, stop, <laughs> like there's things yeah. you can do. But I know when we were going through our journey, it was just a different story. There was no one saying like, look, your mindset, your diet, your lifestyle, these things are impacting your fertility, whether those doctors yeah. believe it or not. And there are now really simple testing that you can do to um, where you don't even have to dig deep. Like it's there. Yeah. And it, if you just, you know, take a leap of faith and just try the results usually are very different than going into fertility treatment, thinking you're fine. There's nothing wrong with us. We're fine, right? We're all functioning. We get up, we go to work, we're social, you know, like Sarah from Fab Fertile always says, we're not a sick community. You know, we're, we're a very like over-functioning type A community of women (laughs) who are smart and like want to get shit done. And when we can't have babies, that's when we kind of, maybe like you say, we don't, we lose our focus. We lose our intuition. We don't follow our guts. We're not listening to our hearts and we just want that baby yesterday. And we feel like the fertility treatment's going to get us there where Mm -hmm. Fertility treatment should be a supportive tool, 
you know, after you've looked into all the things that are actually out of whack in your body. And I'm sure your natural path, you know, looked into gut health, looked into food sensitivities, looked into the MTHFR, you know, like really simple things to show you, okay, this needs improvement. And therefore, when you focus on improving those things, your egg quality, your sperm quality go up. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, that's how the body works. Yeah. And like, that's something you, I mean, you mentioned it just now, like there was a point in the fertility process where I was like, the doctors know best, you know, and mm-hmm. that's what I thought. And that's what I put my trust in. And it wasn't until I decided that like, maybe they don't know exactly what's best. Like maybe I'm supposed to figure that out and like took that responsibility back on myself to, you know, find those answers and to look for the right people and to really understand my body as best as I possibly could. That's when like, that's when it became a much more empowering process for me to do the fertility treatment where I I recognized my own power in what I did have control over. And I think that's, that's something with like unexplained infertility in, in general is like, you can throw up your hands and just say, I like, I have no idea. And the doctors have no idea. And we're just gonna like, throw spaghetti at the wall but you don't you don't have to take that approach you can find some answers for yourself and even if the decisions that I made about my mental health and my gut health and my overall health like never resulted in me having a child it still improved my life significantly with how I felt how I interacted with people how I thought about the future how I thought about myself and like that was all so well worth the investment that I made in that time and that space of like coaching myself. A hundred percent. And it's like literally the shittiest thing that you can say to someone dealing with infertility. <laughs> like we've I know. both been there. Like if someone would have told me that like the first three years of my journey, I would have been just like gone to the vodka bottle immediately. But it's so true. Like you start seeing all these improvements in areas that you didn't know you needed to improve in. And that's what I always say to my clients or anyone going through my courses is start looking for your little wins, start noticing things in your life that are improved because of diet and lifestyle. And then that will keep you going to your ultimate goal because it's most likely many of us dealing with deep rooted issues, it's not going to take, it's going to take a little bit longer than three months to get pregnant. You might need assistance still. It might not happen naturally. And when you've been dealing with it for so many years and it doesn't happen within a month or two, you get super frustrated and you're like, this doesn't work. You know, I don't believe in it where if you focus on those, I say life enriching, you're going to take that to your deathbed with you. I feel like the child is the icing on the cake because Mm -hmm. the child's not going to make your life any better as much as we think that as we're going through infertility life will be okay when I have a child I'm definitely hand on heart telling you that's not the case yeah <laughs> like, well, cause, right because there's this misconception that it you know it's going to be the answer to everything and that's mm-hmm. that isn't true you know like regardless of who you are or what stage of life you're in or anything like that like your your balance of positive and negative emotions are always going to be 50 50 you know yes be it in infertility, be it in motherhood, be it like in whatever your future has for you, it's like you're, you're still going to experience negative emotion. And the, the real test is what do you do with that negative emotion when you have it? And I kind of like what you said earlier about, you know, this community of women that are, we're not sick. And we certainly aren't like, you know, down and out and debilitated. Like we are 
rock stars, like doing awesome things in the world. We just are having a little bit of trouble with this part over here when, when it comes to fertility. And we're so frustrated that we can't figure that out. Right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we think it should be easy because you know, we are, we're overachievers and everything that we do. Well, the way I like to classify life coaching is it's the practice of being proactive about your mental health. So when I made the decision to go into therapy, like I was like, my mental health was at a low place. And like, I knew I needed some sort of assistance to kind of get out of that space. But then I sort of got to a level after doing therapy that I'm like, okay, this is good. But like, I, like, I want to be better. And it's probably some of that overachiever energy you know, in me, I'm just like, there's something this, that this has to teach me. And there's something that I need to learn. And like, I want to be a better person on the other side of this. And that's, that's the work that life coaching helped me get. And it's funny, because you don't go into trying to conceive thinking, I want to be a better person. (laughs) No, oh my goodness. I think a lot of us have discovered, wow, this journey was way more than just having kids. And I think anyone listening to this Mm. podcast has probably realized that by now is that you are going to get so much more out of having a temporary issue with your fertility is going to put your life in a direction you could have never thought it was going to be. What was the first thing, like for me, the first thing mentally and mindset wasn't necessarily my first thing. First I did diet and, mm-hmm. and I was trying to lower my stress levels and mindset kind of came much later. I'm still dealing with it today, but I know the first thing I started saying was when I get pregnant, not if I get pregnant. Mm. And, you know, obviously now I've learned a lot about your subconscious mind and how it basically drives you and controls you without you even knowing it. What was kind of like your light bulb moment when it came to the way you thought and spoke about yourself and becoming a mother? I think there was a moment where, and I'm not even sure what sparked this, but there was a moment where I thought to myself, like, who's going to be here in the end? And it was probably, I mean, like my husband and I definitely, like our marriage was put through the ringer with fertility stuff. And I remember thinking, like, who's going to be here at the end? Like, is he going to be here? Are the children that I envision going to be here? Like, who knows? But then I realized, like, I'm going to be here no matter what happens in five years, 10 years, you know, 30 years from now, like I'm the person that I need to answer to with like all the decisions that I'm making. And that realization kind of brought me back home a little bit with all of it. Because when you're going through fertility stuff, you make a lot of decisions for the baby, right? Like I'm doing this for the future child. I'm doing this for my husband. I'm doing this for someone else rather than Mm -hmm. coming back to the place of like, I'm doing these things for me. And if that helps with the baby coming to me, that's awesome. And if that helps my marriage stay intact, that's awesome. But not operating from a place of like wanting to please someone external and just realizing like, I need to take care of me first. And this is part of me taking care of me. And that's so hard to do when you're type A. <laughs> it's you know, so, like, it, it is. Oh, it sounds so simple. And, and if you can do that now, when it's literally, let's just say you and your partner, think of how amazing you're going to be when you're a mother, because you have to fill that cup before you give to anyone else. And mm-hmm. I think the way we've been brought up in a society is that that's just not how we were taught. 
it was always everyone first, right? And it's a very important thing. And I think a lot of people will start thinking you're selfish, or you've gone a little bit crazy because of infertility, because you stop saying no, you don't conform to like, for me, I had to stop, you know, not partying, but being like really social. And people were just were like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, like, it was just like, it's either this now, or me wondering 10 years time, if I would have made some harder decisions in my life, Mm -hmm. if if it would have been different. And I wanted to walk away from my journey knowing I did everything I possibly could. I didn't want to look back and go, oh, I wish I would have just taken three months to do this or, you know, this or that type of thing. Even with our last frozen embryos in in an early miscarriage, but I know what happened with that. Like I, mm-hmm. it would have been really hard for me if I decided not to use those embryos because I found diet and lifestyle and, you know, all this type of stuff. I didn't know I could get pregnant naturally, but, you know, I had to know what those embryos were going to be and let that, you know, play out. And when you start focusing on yourself, it's a very weird feeling and it feels really mm-hmm. uh, like abnormal. <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable. Like, it, yeah, for sure. The one of the things that I love about the type of coaching that I do is I I teach and practice that like all of our thoughts drive our feelings. So every emotion that you have is attached to a thought or a sentence in your mind. And once you know that that formula and you get in touch with the feelings that you're having and you figure out what thoughts are driving them, it kind of it changes a lot of things about how you start to think. And so when I like when I was talking with my husband before we decided to go back in for like IUIs, I said, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? The worst thing that's going to happen is that I'm not going to get pregnant or I am going to get pregnant and have a miscarriage. I'm going to feel awful and I'm you know, going to be really upset about it not working out. But I realize now that I have the tools that I can handle any emotion that comes up for me. Like if I feel awful, I can handle that. I can handle it without like a glass of wine or chocolate or like doing all the things that I used to do to kind of make myself feel better. But truly answering that question, like what's the worst thing that's going to happen? The worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to have an emotion that doesn't feel good and you're going to have to process that emotion. And so if you know how to process emotion, you can face anything. You can, you're like, you're, you're all of a sudden you become fearless because you're like, oh, I can, I'm not scared to try another transfer or to try another IUI or to start a business or to, you know, go skydiving or whatever it is. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid because I know that the reason I would be afraid is, would be because of a thought I'm having and I can control what I'm thinking. 100%. I always say that your mental health and the way you think is the missing piece in your diet. A lot of people struggle with their diet, one, because there's so much freaking information out there, but uh, two, it's not an overnight result, like do it for 30 days and you'll know what's going to happen with it. It's a long-term process. But the reason a lot of people fail is because of their mindset and their core beliefs. And they self-sabotage themselves. I don't necessarily suggest to fix both at the same time. (laughs) And you don't need to. But I think being aware of both is really key to success on both ends. Some people can change up their mindset. And that's all they have to do. And they can get pregnant. Where some people have to change their diet and maybe do no mindset. And they can get pregnant. You really have to figure out what the balance is for you. 
but I feel, I do feel you need to have an awareness of both to Mm -hmm. make long lasting changes in both areas Mm -hmm. and know that when you fail, which failure is like maybe having your glass of wine or beating yourself up in the shower or, you know, like those types of failures, that's not you. You can move forward through that stuff. Every day is a new day. You just pick yourself up and start telling yourself the story that you want for your future. I find it is very, very complicated not to, your past does affect you, but you do have control of it not affecting you. And there's some stuff and like some people got to go deep, right? (laughs) Like really go deep and uh, get all icky and uncomfortable and deal with that shit. But for the most part, I would say if you just have a base level of good mental health, that you change yourself on a cellular level. And that's why your fertility can increase through mental health. Yeah, I think food is such an interesting example, like how our relationship with food is such an interesting Mm. reflection of our mental health and how we deal with things. Mm -hmm. And when the coaching certification that I went through also included a weight coaching perspective. And so I did, I did that work on myself, like before I coached anybody else through, you know, giving up wine or giving up bread, I went through that process myself. And I actually felt the emotions that I was trying to avoid with, you know, the glass of wine or like the (laughs) the pizza or whatever it was. And that was really powerful work to do alone. That was like probably worth every penny of investment I put into that certification because it really changed who I was. It changed how I viewed how I helped myself through hard things. And you know, infertility is like, it'll offer you so many opportunities to work through hard things that, you know, you've got a lot of fodder to work with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most of us come with some baggage uh, from the past. So it's not something that, you know, you're alone in. Most of my clients that I speak to, we we get to a certain point and I'm like, all right, let's dig deep. Why are you type A? Where did that stem from? You weren't necessarily born with it. You know, something in your past made you feel that you needed to overachieve and prove people a certain way. And then when it comes down to food, it is all about self-love. I know there's a huge societal kind of misinformation that we all got led down that food doesn't affect our bodies and all that type of stuff. But we have grown very comfortable with putting, tying our emotions to, I don't want to say negative food, but food that is maybe inflammatory to you. Rarely am happy and go, I want to down a bottle of wine right now. (laughs) You know, it's a very much a more lower level vibration that you get into that that's when you want those things. And instead of working through them or recognizing them or feeling them, you go to that place and numb yourself and zone off. And that could be lots of different things, not just alcohol, but watching TV, scrolling through social media, or sex, you know, there's lots of different shopping, lots of different addictions that we we tie to emotional health. In coaching other people, we call that buffering, like buffering, you know, feeling your emotions with something external outside of you. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of buffering going on. (laughs) And especially with infertility, right? You're dealing with all of life's BSs and then you pile on a bunch of low self-worth because you're not able to do something that seems to be so natural for everyone else or easy for everyone else. What's your what what's your top tip for people when they first start working on mental health? What's your kind of go-to for them? One of the things I like to teach people first is the difference between 
emotional childhood and emotional adulthood. And this is a concept where when we're existing in emotional childhood, we think other people are responsible for how we feel. Like our husband does something and it like takes us off and we're just like, oh, you know, like, why did you do that? But when we operate from a place of emotional adulthood, we understand that our thoughts create all of our feelings. And so every feeling, every emotion you're having is being generated by you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is like. The, and we're meant to feel the full spectrum of emotion in our lives. But having that perspective of emotional adulthood changes so much of your behavior of how you show up in your own life, how you show up with the people in your life. And that's, that's kind of the first element that I like to coach people on because that it's such a game changer once you grasp that. So much so, especially in the infertility world. And I'm going to say it because I think most people here listening to this are very aware, but I feel like a large part of people when you start your infertility journey it it is very much a victim's mentality like why me and that's the easy emotion to go to it's understandable because obviously you aren't aware of that emotional disconnect but I find it really frustrating when people profit off of that that's an easy way to suck a lot of women who are super vulnerable and just want that kind of I don't want to say pity, but that easy emotional support where I think when you start moving out of that and you get into life coaching, you get into, you know, health coaching, it's like, no, this is you, you have control, you need to be in the driver's seat and stop blaming everyone else. Like, yes, there's some circumstances that are really shit and weren't in your control that maybe led you here. But you can now start controlling those issues and put them in a more positive way and naturally and with medical assistance. It's like that whole shift from this is happening to you to this is happening for you. And part of the reason that I do the work that I do is because like, I don't want people to exist in the it's happening to me space any longer than they have to, like any longer than they have to come to that realization of like, oh, right. Like I'm in charge of a lot. I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of what's going to happen. I'm in charge of what I do. Opportunities are going to present themselves to me in the future. Like I'm in charge of that. And until you come back to that place and you feel like empowered in a way to, to think that way, the struggle and the suffering just continues on indefinitely when you haven't even, you know, you haven't gotten the result that you want yet. Exactly. A hundred percent. And so in your journey now, tell us what's going on. What's your, yeah. what's your news right now? So the big news right now is that I'm pregnant and Yay. I spontaneously got pregnant naturally when we decided to start trying again after having our son. It's crazy to think because I like right before we got pregnant, I had had a conversation with my fertility doctor about like, okay, like we, we know we want to have another baby. Like, like what do we need to do so that we can come back and see you? <laughs> and she sort of laid out the, you know, the things that in their practice, what we would need to do. And I said, okay, that's fine. And though we were actively trying, I was still shocked that we actually got pregnant on our own. I know that feeling. (laughs) I mean, it makes total sense that we did. Like it makes total sense that we did. But at the same time, it's a little bit of disbelief. The decisions that we've made and just how much change we have made overall are resulting in another baby. I was pissed off when I 
for the first four months of my natural pregnancy that even though it was hard, I wouldn't say it was an easy route going, doing all this work and changing the diet and finding all that, that it was possible, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it was all about finding those changes that you needed to do, putting in the work, and then it was possible to be fertile, that I wasn't broken, that I didn't need IVF, that I didn't need all these drugs, you know, that there there was ways to restore the fertility. And when I talk to people who make these changes and get pregnant naturally, it's really about like, I want to map out like, okay, here's your timeline of your fertility increasing, you know, of like, it's not just one of those things. It just wasn't like a miracle. Or my favorite thing is when people tell you, oh, IVF taught your body what to do. And I'm like, what? Like millions of years of women getting pregnant, and then what a 40 year old procedure taught my body. I'm like, no, that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. And success stories like this are just I feel really hopeful for people who are putting in that work and maybe not necessarily seeing the results that it is possible yeah I think I think a testament to both of our stories like there's so much power in even the littlest of decisions that you're making every day and don't underestimate that because like you deciding to make some change with your diet or deciding to, you know, pursue a different option or whatever it is, like those decisions are going to add up to something big. Eventually Mm -hmm. they will add up to something big. And like, it's hard to go through the process and not know exactly what that big thing is or when that big thing is coming. But I promise you, if you keep moving forward and you keep making decisions and you keep kind of operating from that place of, you know, empowerment and like you, you are in charge it will unfold in a positive way. Yeah, Sean Croxton always says, little by little, a little becomes a lot. And I, I truly believe that. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mission is for people not to have to go as long as I did, because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it won't take you nine years. Just know that, like you say, just keep going with it. Really focus on your all your small wins. And either way, whether it needs to be with medical assistance or it happens naturally, know that everything that you did before that really, really increased your chances of that positive outcome. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story and your wisdom and your knowledge. I'm so excited that we finally connected. Tell everyone where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, so you can find me around the internet at Infertility Life Coach. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at that handle. And then you can also find me at infertilitylifecoach.com. Nice. And I'm sure a few people will come and soak up all your amazing TikToks. I love them. They're like the Mm -hmm. daily inspiration (laughs) that we all need, the reminders. I just love it. So thank you once again for coming on and we will have a beautiful weekend. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.